Hey everybody, I'm Eric Arno, and this is Blank Cassette, the podcast that takes a closer look at your mixes to get the stories behind the songs. Try to do like a little Casey Kasem thing there at the end. What do you guys think? Uh, hey, I'm back this week. Didn't Ian do an awesome job with last week's episode? Man, I really like working with him. And he has some really sweet guests and mixes coming down the pipeline. You will be very happy with how this season unfolds. I promise you that. Uh, this week we're visiting an old friend of the show, though. And the first three-timer to appear on Blank Cassette, Mr. Benjamin Rathert, who this week shares his volume 157. As you may remember, and you can listen to his first episode if you don't, uh, since he's been in high school, every so often Ben burns a mixed CD volume of whatever songs he's listening to at the moment, and that volume always ends up having some kind of biographical significance. This particular volume, from 2012, came at a time when Ben was struggling with what it meant to be a good husband and father. Turns out those things are not that easy. Who knew? (laughs) Uh, The music here helps him work through that, and we had a tremendous discussion about his orientation towards these feelings five years later. Ben is such a thoughtful and excellent human being, and I really think you'll enjoy this talk. Now remember, if you have a mix you'd like to have featured on Blank Cassette, we very much want to hear from you. Just send an email to mixtape at nerdalogs.com with a track list and a brief description of why the mix exists, and we'll get back to you right away. You help the show exist, and you could share a super awesome story with our audience. Those are two very good things. Uh, Another way you can support the show, as always, is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Gotta work those Apple algorithms, baby. Uh, We like this show a lot, and we think a bunch of other people would too. And giving us ratings is the simplest way to help us spread. You know, like a virus. But a pleasant virus. Okay, let's turn things over to Ben once again. Get ready to feel. And this is uh, volume 157. I I was looking at this one, and I really wanted to talk about 157 because of some stuff that's going on in my life right now. Um, That's it's 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 up, it's down, it's it's all around. Um, This one in particular, September 2012. I was in my third year of my residency. My son Henry was three months old, and my wife and I had been married. Nikki had been married for about two years at that point, and things were rough. In some ways, they were getting better in other ways. Right after Henry was born, it was horrible because he didn't sleep like at all. Things were a little bit better in that department there, but not great by any means. Things were a little rough between Nikki and me. Like Our communication was really going down the toilet. Um, I was just not open with how I was feeling, 
work was stressful. I was chief resident, so there were a lot of phone calls specifically about issues at the residency in addition to the regular stuff at work. And then, of course, there's there's Henry and how do you uh, deal with all that stress there? It was really stressful on Nikki, too, because, you know, she'd never had a baby. And now suddenly she's a stay-at-home mom. And it's a totally big shift for anybody to go through. So it was rough on everybody. But uh, uh, marriage was real. It was hard at times. It was great sometimes. Um, I'm going to get into some stuff here, so all apologies to Nikki and to Henry as well, because he was also there. Henry was not the easiest baby, and it's probably because Nikki and I listened to all the vague advice that we got from our relatives. It'll be fine. Don't stress out. Yeah, it's hard not to do that when you failed to put him to sleep in his crib five times in a row when it's 2 a.m. I remember one night I got so mad while I was holding them, and I gritted my teeth hard enough that I thought I was going to crack them. And then I stomped my foot, and Nikki had been out of the room, and she suddenly came in. She's like, what's wrong? I was holding him at the time. She sent me to bed. I felt like I was failing everybody. It was just kind of an example of just where I was at at that point. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't feel like I'm doing it very well at all for anybody. This music on this volume was how I was expressing myself. It was... I wasn't very free with my feelings. Uh, In a lot of ways, I was trying to figure out how to survive the pressures of my job, residency, being a husband and and father. Every day was new, and every day was was a challenge. So... When you're down 
and trouble And you need a helping hand And nothing, oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be Brighten up even your darkest night. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. See you again. Oh. Winter, spring, summer, fall Hey, now all you've got to do is call Lord, I'll be there, yes I will You've got a friend Okay, so no one's answering can't you just let it ring a little longer, longer, longer? Oh, I'll just sit tight In shadows of the night Let it ring Number five, Telephone Line by Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, as a chief resident, you get a lot of phone calls from your co-residents who have issues with the schedule, with other residents, with attendings, and you're the person who has to mediate all of that. And you can ask Nikki. I got tons of those phone calls. Um, I, I felt like I did a, a decent job keeping up with them there, but it was, oh, every night about 6 o'clock, there was always a phone call. Um, I heard this song, uh, Telephone Line, while we were on a recruitment trip. Uh, me, another resident, and one of our attendings in uh, Des Moines. We were also going to Kirksville and then later to Kansas City. It was a neat uh, three-day trip. But during that, uh, I left Nikki at home with Henry for four days, uh, which, of course, was stressful on her. Um, but she, she handled it uh, pretty well. But at the same time, it's like yeah, I, I felt so bad about being away. And, like, my responsibility is being at home, being with them, and giving them the support they need. And here I am on this, like, business trip thing. But I heard the song, and it made me think about, like, where I'm at. Because, like, I was calling them pretty constantly just to try to keep up with them. But what a great song, right? Like, I, I love that song. Slow. Makes me think about all this stuff. Number six, We Are Golden by Mika. I had never heard Mika before Nikki, um, but she really liked this guy. Uh, she listened to him a lot in early college uh, and 
this song reminded me of when we started dating when things were kind of nuts and crazy and bombastic and uh, I, I don't know I was just thinking about how it was you know three or four years ago and I, I randomly came across this song again I was like oh yeah I remember when it used to be like that uh, Mika is a, is a little bit too much he's, he's like one of the most saccharine performers I'm aware of there but uh, I, I like his music Yeah. 
seemed that Nikki and I could only ever have our serious discussions about how we're doing, about how we're irritating each other late, late at night. So we get Henry to sleep, we're exhausted, we've had long days, and that's when she kind of needs to bring this stuff up. And she says, when else am I supposed to do it? Because I can't really talk to you during the day because we're both so busy. And I understand that, but at the end of the day, I am when I'm ready to go to bed, it's a quick thing. It kind of comes fast, uh, and so then suddenly I find myself needing to wake right back up again. I almost need to get a cup of coffee just so I can be a part of this conversation. And that in itself was its own struggle, you know, like because it looks like I don't care. It looks like I just want uh, I just want her to stop talking so I can go to sleep, and you know maybe we'll pretend that we're going to handle this later, and you know. I don't want to write that off. I, I don't want more stress uh, the, to, in our relationship than needs to be there. But at the same time, she was absolutely right. That you know, the stuff needs to be talked about, and that's how you prove that you're there for somebody else. I when some when I've got a problem, it's all about me. It's it's I, I center everything on myself. Like how am I dealing with this? And I know you got issues, but what are where am I in this? And then, like it's it's pretty selfish. And I didn't I don't realize that I do that, but I I, I tend to. And I, I actually think about that as the bleeding heart show. Just kind of like oh man, I'm just suffering over here, and I know you got it bad, but look at me. <laughs> so it kind of makes me think about that. Um, definitely uh, in in our relationship, uh, one of the biggest problems Nikki and I have is that I tend to forget things or not prioritize their importance there and it can really irritate her especially because it keeps happening uh, I could think of any number of examples like you know places I'll leave the dish towel and you know like uh, it, what things I'm supposed to do with the kids and things I'm not supposed to do with the kids and it's like I feel like I'm just not able to keep track or like you know what I just wasn't trying very hard here and I let that go and I have so much trouble owning that like as soon as she comes at me with something like that I'm doing wrong or did wrong I go defensive immediately. Well, there's a reason I did that. It's it's fine. It, don't you see? Don't you understand? And you know, and what she'll try to come back at. I mean, she, Nikki's a little prone to anger. She'd tell you that readily. That's not a secret or anything about her. There. She's like, I'm trying my best not to scream at you right now because this is the sixth time this has happened in three weeks. You know, it's like it's not like. It's not like I have an excuse for for continuing to do the things. I and I, I don't get it. You know, it's. In, in a lot of ways, I just want to say, like, well, you know, maybe my memory's just not the best. And, and that's that's maybe part of it there, but another part of it's just how much effort you put into it. And it's it's frustrating and it's disheartening to come to the realization at the end of an argument when you think to yourself, maybe I don't care as much as I think I do. Maybe maybe I'm really not as in this as I want to be, as I dream that I'm, I am. You know, having kids changes everything because that changes the focus of what you're doing because what we do is we raise our children and that's the most important thing to us right now. And, you know, at this time that I made this volume, things were getting so rough on a regular basis. It really made me start to question, why am I married? What kind of a road am I on? Where am I going? Am I going to be happy in five years? That, that sort of thing. I have been searching all of my days Many a road, you know, I've been walking on all of my days, and I've been trying to find what's been in my mind as the days keep turning into night. Look around me 
waves keep turning into night As the days keep turning into night
Him to Her by The Pretenders. I have enormous respect for my wife. Um, she is a fantastic mother to our two children, and because of her, we are raising them in a way that I probably would not have chosen or thought to do, but she puts thought into everything she does. She looks up everything she wants to do, make sure it's the right decision, and I agree. I mean, you know, like she, she's made some excellent decisions about what we should do and how we're going to raise them, and, you know, if punishment should exist and, you know, how we're going to handle mealtimes, just every, every little detail she's got an idea about the right way to do it there. Um, I was listening to one of the last episodes of Northern Exposures where I heard this uh, old song from the pretenders uh, and, and I love it, but it, it just makes me think of, of Nikki um, and how great it is to have her around because she's smarter than me in most ways. Uh, number 13, a little bit of everything by Dawes. I heard this song on one of those trips back from Litchfield on a local radio station. I'd never heard Dawes, I'd never heard this song, but I caught it at the very beginning and listened all the way through and was just in tears by the end of it. Um, I just, I love songs like this that are like little vignettes. You know, there's a message in there, but they're not trying to hit you in the face with it. Um, this one in particular, while it's it's a pretty sad song um, and trying to sound optimistic with it, um, I, I liked how... I liked how the characters in it were just struggling and there wasn't even an answer as to what they should be doing. It was just like, this is my life and all the things that go into it. And I still think about the uh, the line about the, the old man of the buffet line thinking about his son dying. Like, oh my God. <laughs> what a what a thing. Yeah, so the song still makes me cry. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. It's the mountains, it's the fog. It's the new Six o'clock, it's the death of my first dog. It's the angels up above me. It's the song that they don't sing. It's a little bit of everything. There's an older man who stands in a buffet line. He is smiling and he's holding out his plate. And the further he looks back into his timeline That hard road always led him to today Making up for when his bright future had left him Making up for the fact his only son is gone And letting everything out once his server asks him Have you figured out yet what it is you want?
Death uh, by Rilo Kiley. It was making me think about 
really dark stuff about people dying. Uh, there were, we had a lot of death at work um, all the time, you know, accidents, people coming in, traumas, things like that. Uh, the story towards the end of the song about the hunting accident where her father um, kills the deer by accident there actually made me think of something that happened with my own dad. When we were squirrel hunting together, um, he was up in front of me about 15 feet and he was walking to cross my line of sight when a squirrel jumped up and I brought up my gun and I shot the squirrel and I swear the bullets went about two feet in front of his face. The, 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 the shot, I should say, went about two feet in front of his face. He looked at me, he didn't say anything, he took his rifle off his shoulder and he threw it on the ground. Um, rarely is my dad so mad he won't yell. But this was a time, I mean, justified, I nearly shot him in the head. Um, this, this haunted me, it still haunts me. You know, just one of those things like, but what if another second had passed? What would have happened in my life? It, it, all, it all hinges on these tiny little things and mistakes we make that we can't take back and it's so big and, and dense. So here's the question for you. Yeah. Maybe it's unfair and you don't have to answer, mm-hmm. but it is five years later. Yeah. Are you happy? I am. I am. Um, and that's, that is not to sugarcoat it. Um, I, and truthfully, th- this is going way back in the file there, but when I was young and a teenager and, oh, so helplessly in love and it's going to be wonderful. And then, I mean, I, I dated a few people in college and they were all disasters. I met Nikki and she was very real, very focused, um, fun, smart, what I was looking for, really. And I knew when I met her and right at the beginning of when I started to date her, I said, I see myself marrying this person. This this could be, and I, I, I could be happy with her. But I also recognized pretty quickly, this is not a marriage that I had envisioned as a young man, that this is not the thing that I had in my fantasies. And it's like, it's time to start the process of breaking that down. And it was worth it, you know, because like, I mean, Nikki and I talk about this. Neither one of us really believes in that kind of a a marriage where, you know, you're just, you're oh so happy and whatnot there. Because like, certainly I couldn't be part of a marriage like that just because I have so many, um, so many things irritate me and so many things get to me and I, I just carry around so much stuff. It's just like, I'm not a perfect person to be in a perfect relationship. So it's just not possible. And I, I'm sure she'd say the same thing. Um, but what we made clear from the very beginning was how we are committed to this and each other. And we're going to value each other through this. And it may not always be awesome, but we're going to be there for each other. And it doesn't rise to those levels of fantasy and it, it still really doesn't, you know, there, there will be times when I've got like both kids in my arms and like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch her working and you know, I see that she's happy doing the things she wants to do. I'm like, this is good. And this, this is my life and my marriage and my, and I, I'm happy about where I am with all this. That's actually what drew me back to this volume is just like our stress level with the kids has been a little higher lately. And then that then reflects in our marriage and it gets a little, little rougher. We've been doing this big project in our bathroom. Uh, well, God, for nine months now, um, I thought I'd be able to work on it in my spare time, but it turns out when you have two kids, you have almost no spare time at all. So it just kept sitting there. And just, uh, two nights ago, we got finished, we got done with it. And it was just so nice to make it to the end of that. When you're doing a big project like that, it can be stressful. Miscommunication can be easy. I What I want to say is that while that was really hard on all of us and it was late at night, I think it went well. I think when it comes to stuff like this, we really have made progress. Belief was always big for me. All of this has a purpose. We're going somewhere. Um, 
in the lows of married life, I could have real trouble feeling my worth. You know, what do I believe? What do I, what do I know? I know that Nikki and I are going to be there for each other. We're committed to that. We're committed to making it work. And I used to doubt that. I used to say, if, if we're not dealing well with this on a regular basis, maybe we need to think about not doing it anymore. Maybe this marriage is not benefiting us enough that we should continue with it. A, a few years into the marriage, right about the time of this volume, is when I felt like I felt began to feel a little bit more secure with what it is we were doing, and that there's a that there is a purpose to it. The purpose is the thing itself. The purpose is the marriage and and being with each other and saying you've got someone who's always going to be there for you and, and always watch out for you um it was it, w- it was great to realize that but it's it's not easy it's every day um it's rewarding i i want to be married to her it's not something that i'm stuck in i guess i would say although i used to kind of get that feeling it's uh it's it's funny just because like even even when we just, we absolutely piss each other off or I feel like I failed her in some way um, like you know when, when the dust settles like oh, I'm still better off here this this is this is actually the a right choice. You've been listening to Blank Cassette, a proud member of the Nerdalogs family of podcasts. Blank Cassette is co-produced by Eric Arnaud and Ian Williams. Special acknowledgement to honorary granddaddy producer Gary Lucy. All the music you just heard has been presented for critical and historical purposes only. If you want to hear complete versions of the songs, check out our Spotify playlist for each episode or buy the songs through your favorite music retailer. Supporting the arts is the best. If you'd like to hear bonus material that didn't make the final edit of the episode, head on over to patreon.com slash Your patronage supports the existence of this show and others that we work really hard on. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Folded flat